welcome to the Crypt Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Wall. So last week I asked everyone to share the show with one friend, and to be honest, I figured we'd get maybe one or two new people, since it's actually really hard to get someone to listen to any podcast, much less one about the news. But friends, you gave Crypt Notes a 42% boost in listeners. Well played! Let's see if we can keep that momentum going. So, for friends both new and old, this is what we do here. Crib notes are a concise set of notes used for quick reference, usually during a speech or a test. In the next 10 minutes, we're going to give you the crib notes version of the major headlines from the past week. In each episode, we cover the White House, Congress, national headlines, international headlines, climate change, and some side story that doesn't quite fit into any of those categories. As always, a link to all my sources can be found in the description of the episode. Okay, here we go. The White House. The Mueller investigation appears to be moving steadily towards the Oval Office, and depending on who you ask, that is either a sign that the investigation is winding down or ramping up. This past week, Mueller's team requested a bunch of White House documents concerning the issues they are investigating, and Trump's lawyers reportedly complied. According to several news outlets, the White House legal team hopes that access to these documents will limit the scope of Mueller's imminent interview with Trump. Reportedly, there is some concern about the president implicating himself in some way during the potentially hours-long interview, especially given, to put it diplomatically, his unpredictability in conversation. Perhaps because of the request for documents, Trump has also taken to tweeting attacks at Mueller directly, something he has refrained from doing up to this point. He also hired a new lawyer to his team. All of which is to say that the investigation does indeed seem to be nearing some sort of conclusion, though the nature of that conclusion is somewhat unclear. Something to bear in mind, due to the nature of the special counsel rules, once Mueller finishes his report, the only obligatory event is that he send the sealed report to his supervisor on this issue, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. Legally, he doesn't even need to share the report with Congress, which is to say that no one is legally obligated to show us, the public, what's in the report. That said, with the way information leaks out of Washington these days, I think it is highly likely that we will see the report one way or another. Another cloud over Trump's head at the moment is Stormy Daniels. Daniels is an ex-porn star with whom Trump allegedly had an affair back in 2006. According to a report from the Wall Street Journal, Daniels was paid $130,000 shortly before the 2016 presidential election as an agreement to stay quiet about the affair. Trump and his staff deny these claims. But when the question was brought up of where did that hush money come from, and the possibility of improper use of campaign funds was discussed, one of Trump's lawyers released a statement saying that Trump paid her out of pocket thus implicitly confirming the existence of the affair. Daniels, who is not seeking a monetary settlement and has in fact offered to pay back the hush money in full, has taken the matter to court. According to her lawyers, all she wants is relief from the non-disclosure contract, which would give her the right to discuss her story publicly. Trump's legal team is fighting back on that, and just a few days ago filed to bring the case before a federal court. Congress. Congress is working feverishly to finalize a $1.3 trillion omnibus spending bill. Once again, they're working against the clock, as the deadline for a spending bill is Friday. But lawmakers across the aisle seem confident that there won't be another shutdown this time. This is just the final step of the spending plan that received a bipartisan vote a few weeks ago. In a nutshell, this bill would legitimize those plans and fine-tune some of the dollar amounts and language. There is a boost to military spending, a boost to infrastructure and some domestic programs, some funding set aside to help address the opioid crisis, and some small increases to healthcare, school safety, and transportation. Notably absent from the bill, as of Wednesday afternoon, is any protections for DREAMers. There is still a bit of time left for DACA protections, thanks to a ruling from a federal court, but soon enough Congress will have to have this debate. 
Cuts to Planned Parenthood and defunding of sanctuary cities, two issues which have served as central talking points for both parties, have also reportedly both been left out of the bill. National Headlines Over the past two weeks, four bombs were detonated in Austin, Texas, and a fifth went off at a FedEx facility from a package bound for Austin. On Wednesday morning, using a combination of security camera footage, store receipts, and combing through the top suspect's Google search history, law enforcement closed in on the suspected bomber's location. They followed his vehicle until it crashed into a ditch, and as officers approached the car, it blew up with the suspect still inside. It remains unknown if there are more bombs already placed, so the Austin Police Department is warning everyone to stay vigilant, but they believe the perpetrator is dead. What also remains unknown is the motive. The suspect himself is a 23-year-old white male. The first three bombs were hand-delivered to houses five to ten miles apart, ultimately killing two people and injuring two more. The first three victims were black, and the fourth was Hispanic, leading many to conclude that the attacks, at least at first, were hate crimes. The fourth bomb was set out in public, using a tripwire, and ended up injuring two white men. The fifth bomb exploded at a FedEx center, and though the package was both from Austin and set for delivery to Austin, the intended victim is unclear. Briefly, in other national news, the readership of right-wing propaganda site Breitbart News has dropped by almost 50% since last September, from 15 million visitors per month down to 7.8, which is still a lot, but the trend is palpable. International Headlines Tensions continue to rise between Russia and the UK after a Russian spy turned British spy was poisoned with a nerve agent invented by the Russian government. We talked about this last week, and I had several questions pertaining to the coherency of some of the details of the reported events. Let me just state here that I still have those questions. But thankfully, and at this particular moment extremely disappointingly, this is not a show for conspiracy theories, so I'll refrain from further speculation and just report the new developments. In response to the UK expelling 23 Russian diplomats, Russia expelled 23 British diplomats. Then the Russian government held a press conference in which they alleged that any number of countries have been studying the particular nerve agent in question and could easily be behind the attack, including the UK itself. They went on to say that, logically, the only two conclusions are that UK intelligence agencies either allowed for an attack to happen on their home soil through negligence, or else orchestrated the attack themselves. Editorially, I can only imagine their intention with that comment was to be inflammatory, because I cannot fathom what other outcome they were hoping for. Russia has asked for the opportunity to start a joint investigation, with the two countries working together and sharing information to get to the bottom of the attack. The UK does not seem interested in that option. As rhetoric and threats continue to escalate, a handful of other countries have rallied behind the UK, expressing support and condemning Russia's actions and deflection of blame. One other interesting detail I read this week Skripal's daughter, who was also poisoned and found next to him, arrived in the UK from Russia the day before the attack. Climate Watch The BBC published an article this week about a report called The Future of the Sea, published by a team of scientists working for the British government. Some notable findings include the prediction that the amount of plastic in the ocean is set to triple over the next decade, and that pollution from pesticides, industrial toxins, and pharmaceuticals might be more severe than previously thought. Ian Boyd, one of the report's authors and chief scientist for the UK government's environmental department, said that the industries exploiting oceans for resources and monetary gain are moving one step faster than the scientists, and in general, legislation and regulations are at least one step behind the science. 
This is a damaging progression for oceans, with potentially irreparable consequences. The report ultimately calls for what amounts to a rebranding of ocean study. They suggest using an adventurous narrative to sell it to the public, not unlike what is used when discussing space exploration, even going as far as to call for a, quote, mission to planet ocean. I'll hop in editorially real quick and just say that I love that idea. Side story. Two weeks before Stephen Hawking died, a report he co-authored was submitted for final review. The report aims to set the mathematical framework for detecting the existence of parallel universes. The theory of multiple universes, also known as a multiverse, has been batted around before, and Hawking was always a supporter of the theory. In this report, he and other authors argue that if parallel universes exist, their imprint should be detectable in the background radiation of our universe. I won't even pretend that I understand or could explain how that might work, but luckily, as the paper is still under review and therefore not entirely accessible to the general public, I am saved the embarrassment of trying. Professor Thomas Hertog, who worked on the report with Hawking, said, quote, This was Stephen, to boldly go where Star Trek fears to tread. That's it for this week, friends. If you like the show, you can subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. You can also go to patreon.com slash dylanwall to become a sustaining member. You get fun rewards for signing up as a monthly donor, uh, starting at just $1 a month, and they range from a personalized thank you card and a shout out on the air, all the way up to a guaranteed Crib Notes in focus episode on the topic of your choice. So it's almost tax season. If you're getting a return this year and you've got 12 extra dollars in there, just $1 per month, about 25 cents per episode, consider using it to help make this show happen by going to patreon.com slash dylanwall. You can find that link in the show notes. Big thanks this week to the fabulous Jill Bernhardt for becoming a sustaining member. You can also follow us on Twitter, at CribNotesCast. Throughout the week, I post breaking news and interesting articles so you can stay informed between episodes. If you have questions, concerns, corrections, suggestions, or are from a parallel universe and want to meet up for coffee, feel free to email me at thecribnotespodcast at gmail.com. You can find that email address as well as a link to all my sources in the description of this episode. Friends, you're great. And if there's any news next week, I'll talk to you then.